0: Eventually, I hope it gets to a point where you don't have to state things. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I know I'm not going to live to see it. I know I'm not. I I know I'm a. Uh, I know I'm only 24, and I'm pre- I'm either going to be very close to death by the time I see it, or like really old and dead when when it finally happens. But it might get to a point in the future one day that maybe you won't have to. Maybe a character can just exist and be a character and be a person and just be somebody named Jim or be somebody named like Ellie or, and have a husband and, or have a boyfriend or have a girlfriend or just be trans and just exist there or be non-binary and just exist there. And you don't have to make a thing out of it. And again, I know it's very far-fetched and I know it's not going to happen anytime soon, but I hope it gets to a point where these characters can just exist and it doesn't have to be the very special episode and it doesn't have to be something dramatic it doesn't have to be this character crying on the bathroom floor and suffering constantly because of their identity they can just be there and happy and exist and I think at that point we will truly get to a point where representation will just be like a no-brainer.
1: Alright, good afternoon slash evening slash night if you're on the East Coast, and welcome to The Key Live. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and The Keeg Live uh, comes at you every other week with a different topic. Now we are here today to speak about something uh, very specific, very poignant very uh important and that is uh lgbtq plus representation in media whether it's you know pop culture uh you whether it's comics or tv or film it's all of media uh that sounds really daunting actually now that i think about it all of media for all time <laughs> uh luckily uh this would be um uh, what's the opposite of apropos? Uh, it would be that if it was just me talking about it. Uh, no, in fact, I've invited three awesome guests for, uh, this discussion. First, uh, I want to introduce Ricky Prieto, a longtime guest of the show. Um, uh, and you're, are you on the beach out there, Ricky?
2: Yeah, I'm out here in beautiful, uh, Playa Los Angeles. So, hey. (laughs) uh Whoa, I, I,
1: look out bird oh seagulls yes yes camp ah oh, man seagulls are horrible out there um thank you for taking time out of your out of your day to join us here and i guess bring your laptop oh, my, or phone to the beach
2: my laptop it's um it's getting quite dirty
1: oh i'm you sorry know. about that yeah make sure sand doesn't get everywhere
2: <laughs> i'm trying oh the wind
1: um uh (laughs) we're gonna do a hard segue away from ricky uh (laughs) straight to holly scott also longtime guest of the show uh holly has been on a lot of episodes Mostly game apart episodes, but I I try to invite her to other stuff. We haven't done I, a Sailor Moon episode yet,
3: so we, you, if if you do a Sailor Moon episode and I'm not invited to it, I will literally come to your house and knock on the door and ask you why at your at your door. I'm gonna be like, do me why. like do me yeah, why. we're we're doing we're doing the live
1: we're doing the live and Holly shows up and I'm, I'm like, sorry, I gotta right there, I gotta like, answer that. Excuse
3: me. Yeah, uh, I'm in Playa de yeah. uh, Los Angeles in space, so you know we're just. Only I'm after like this, the sun burst and so now <laughs> no, okay. this is just a cool background I found on the internet. Uh, is it is a cool background. This person, uh, whoever made this was like, here's a bunch of pride backgrounds. I don't care if you use them on whatever, just, you know, use them because they're cool. And I'm like, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, All right. Thank you. I will. Thank you, anonymous person.
1: All right uh our uh third and final uh guest is amanda castrio who uh has an amazing tiktok uh she's been on the falcon and winter soldier after show i think the final for that final episode of that season um and now the I last have, one here. what's that
0: hey i'm here
1: in my in my living room <laughs> yeah in your living room. yeah oh, oh, is that a is that a green screen as well uh, no, it's just, uh, oh, and my dog. <laughs> so, I, don't, I don't think anything is real anymore. I just, uh, I just, it's like the, do- the dog is just a sound effect. That's a green screen zoom background of some ran- random person's living room. Holly.
3: <laughs> this is literally a picture oh. of my uh, Tony Tarico who runs Fancy Hobo. Was doing a lot of Zoom calls out of his house, and uh, yeah. this is the picture of his house that I took. Oh, when he on the screen. <laughs> oh my god! So, like, uh, so this isn't my apartment. This is no. Tony's apartment.
0: <laughs> yeah. You could have had um, me fooled if you had not said anything. I, I, know. Just... <laughs> I was like, would have just like, did you move something?
3: Now you'll never know. <laughs> uh,
1: you did move recently,
3: right, Holly? Uh, in January. Uh, January. Okay.
1: Yeah.
3: I don't know. Have I seen the inside? Like, when you were on a show, or no? Uh, you know what? Here. This is actually my room. There you go. Merry Christmas. No,
1: that's a green screen again. That's a no,
3: green screen it's really again. not. It's really not. Look, I can go back here. No one can. I can touch the wall. She vanished. She vanished. Not a yeah. green screen. <laughs> yeah. You can tell because of all the Sailor Mercury crap that's on the wall that's definitely my room. Uh, that is
1: true. <laughs> that part is true. Yeah, you sold me. You sold me. <laughs> um, uh, I want to... Uh, uh, Let's see, say it out loud over everything. We are streaming to four platforms, um, but our main platform is volume.com. Uh, so we're at volume.com slash the Show. Uh, if you want to follow us there, I see Gibby12002. Uh, Gibby shows up a lot on one of our other platforms. Um, Gibby, if you want to create a volume.com account, you can join us there. It is free to create an account and you could uh, pop into the chat, chat with us. That's what that chat uh, that you can see on that that side of the screen uh that's from volume.com um and uh volume's really cool it's about it's a streaming platform positioned for musicians artists performers niche geek shows so on and so forth uh and so you know we are what we are niche geek show um but uh we are uh here uh to talk about representation in media specifically lgbtq plus representation in media We could start chronologically, and I could ask, like, growing up, what was the representation like? Because I have to, like, dig deep and be like, in the 90s?
2: Like, well, in the 90s, it was like a lot of post-AIDS stuff. So it was like the fallout of, like, the AIDS crisis, like Philadelphia, or, uh, and the band played on. Rent came out, you know, so there's, like, a lot of things about AIDS, and it's, like, kind of, like, a, it was kind of, like, a bleak reality for LGBT representation. Yeah,
3: Yeah. there wasn't, there wasn't a ton, I mean, even going back a little further into, like, the 80s, when I was growing up, 80s, um, like, uh, there, there, there was a lot of, like, like, being gay was almost, like, a joke. On television, like like, haha, oh, you're gay. That's so gay, you know. And it was like really, it was terrible because you're like, these are people that are like happy, proud people, and you're just telling them that their life is like really bad. But like in other yeah. countries, they figured it out. Like, I don't want to go back to Sailor Moon a lot, but I'm probably gonna because like in Japan, Sailor Moon was very LGBT friendly. I mean, you had people that were non-binary and gender fluid. You had a lesbian couple. Like, you had people that were like actually LGBT. And then um, if people were, it was like, all right, cool. So you like want to fight this monster now? And like, yeah, totally. You know. <laughs> um, but then they bring that to America, and America's like, we can't have that because the children might watch it and become the gay. So they changed it to like worse, arguably worse. Um, the cu- the 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 lesbian couple on the, cousins the became cousins. They became cousins. Tell me why that's better. <laughs>
1: you know, it's, maybe maybe it's better in America. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know,
3: <laughs> you know. I think we'll get in a lot of trouble if we call them, you know, lesbian uh, lovers. So we'll call them cousins because that's a, a approved. Right.
1: I mean, Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani's married to his cousin, right? So, <laughs>
0: I mean, uh, wait for real. I yeah, think probably, so. Yeah, probably. Oh okay. my god.
2: Uh, I mean, if your cousin's hot, like you know Angelina and her brother, go for it. But, <laughs> Not if you're like a pro like Giuliani, I... it's
1: not okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's the draw? What's the draw from his cousin to Giuliani? Like he's uh, sh- like she's like, oh, he's my cousin, but he's super hot. Like I just gotta. I don't know.
2: <laughs> he's got power. <laughs> that man's got power.
3: There, I, I I don't know if you've seen the documentary Disclosure. Um, I it's it's beautiful. It's really hard for me to watch like really hard for me to watch because there's really two tropes. It's like men in dresses are jokes. Men and women are always men and like like that's where it is. And so like if you're a trans person who's like, no, I am a woman, you're like no, but you were born a man. That must mean you're making a joke character. I'm like, no, this is like my life, friend, you know? Um, but like it really digs digs deep into that, which is like really tough to palette. And then you have shows like Will and Grace for uh, which is supposedly like the the gold standard for queer representation, supposedly in the nineties, and it was just a bunch of gay jokes the whole time are like, "What's on, huh, that's funny, right right' you guys are kissing that's funny right yeah. no, no, it's not funny it's you're you're it was real, real bad for a long, long time, you know. But right. you, you go from the the eras in the 50s and 60s where you straight up, like, it was illegal to be a homosexual person in America uh, into, like, the 70s, 80s, and 90s where, like, like, like Ricky said, like, coming off of the AIDS crisis, people assumed it was only, like, only gay people got AIDS. And so, like, if you yeah. were gay, it means you would give me AIDS. I don't want to die of this horrible disease, you know? And, like... So you had to build over these barriers and these bridges to get to a place where you can actually represent people in media uh, the way they should be represented, and and it took a long, yeah. long time for that, and it's still happening. We we haven't gotten there yet. Like, yeah,
0: like even when I was a kid, because I'm, I'm I just turned twenty four, and when I was a kid, I was a kid in the two thousands and like early two thousands to mid two thousands, and there was basically nothing for me like, growing up, when I used to watch cartoons, like, yeah, there were characters who were queer coded, and a lot of them were the villain, (laughs) Um, but there weren't any people who were just just queer, there weren't just any LGBTQ characters that were just gay, or bi, or lesbian, and they were either coded, and it was kind of a hush-hush thing, or they were outright the villain, and the first Ever representation I got was when I was 17 when I watched The Legend of Korra. And that was the first time that I saw an actual, like, woman loving woman couple become canon on screen. And I was like, what? And, it, and even then, like, so many people were like, oh, they're just gals being pals. And I remember the whole Tumblr discourse of like, oh, it's not happening until Mike and Brian <laughs> actually confirmed it a few days afterwards. And it's just. That, that's the thing where it's like even, even when it was like blatantly there, people still wanted to deny his existence. Yeah. And it, it, it was still hard, even in 2014. I'm so sorry. My dog is just deciding she wants to act today. Your dog is upset. Um, I,
3: I love your dog for that. Good job.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I'll be right back.
3: I think her toy yeah, got like that. caught
0: behind the couch. So I'll be right back. No worries. Okay. I'll, I'll, kind of,
3: I'll kind of piggyback yeah. off of, of Amanda's thoughts though, uh, in terms of the queer coding of, of characters. Um, I, I I'm going to use my film degree for once, which is weird. But like in the movie, um, the I want to say the Maltese Falcon, right? Whatever one has Peter Lorre in it, Peter Lorre's character is is a gay man. But they had uh, the Hayes Code, which is like you cannot have gay characters on screen. So they they had to queer code him. They had to be like, well, he's a very well dressed man. He's an he's a um, a bachelor, but he's like a, a confirmed bachelor, you know, like as right. in like he doesn't date the women, but he's just a bachelor. And like, he's always (laughs) well-dressed and speaks nicely and has like a thing, and it has a rose in his hair. And that was like code for the audience to go, oh, by the way, that dude's gay, but we can't tell you that, right? And that's like the the genesis of queer, yeah. That's the genesis of Mm. queer coding in film is like, this is how we do this to get around this draconian code that won't let us have anything uh, different than the status quo in America at the time, like the norm quote unquote. So, um, so you have that and that persisted on for a long time because to American viewers, and I, I don't know how it is outside of America, but to American viewers, that's how you told the person who was gay, even into the seventies and nineties was like, oh, he's an interior decorator. Is he got it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't date. He's got, oh, uh, you know, he's, he's living in a house with two women, but not dating them. But actually, Three's Company, he did actually literally say, pretend to be gay. That's like, Three's, yeah. That's like the first episode of that show. But like, honestly, like.
2: That's the premise of the whole, that's every episode. Because Mr. Wilfer yeah. always tries to catch him, like, not being gay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what yeah. you got in the 70s was like, you could okay, now you can actually say gay on TV. Right. But you can't actually have anyone be gay still. Although everyone loves this Freddie Mercury guy. So clearly like it's not that bad. So we'll <laughs> just allow gay. Okay. <laughs> but nothing else. Yeah. Nothing else. Trans? No. What's trans? You know, I
2: also like I, I have see, a... like, like oh go ahead, Big Oh no, uh uh Ricky, go. I was gonna say, like, you know, you have like this weird thing. If you look at like TV, like Norman Lear and like all in the family and the Jeffersons, like there were there were gay characters you know, to teach Archie Bunker like a lesson. You know, there are trans characters. I think uh, one of the trans characters is all in the family. Like, Edith loves her. And like, she's walking home one night, and I think she gets like mugged and killed. And the policemen keep referring to her in her, you know, him, he got killed. He was walking home dressed like a woman and he got killed. But when Edith like cries for her, She says her name, you know, she's like, you know, Beverly was killed because of who she was. And if we're all God's children, then why is there so much hate? You know? And so, like, leading into the 70s, you don't have, like, a villainous gay. They weren't bad people. Not until, you know, the AIDS crisis comes out. And then now you have these, like, plague spreaders. And then there's a lot of, like, um, of these, like, in the late 90s, you have a lot of cases where like kids are being abused. So now we're pedophiles. And now we're, you know, dangers among society. And it's really like Will and Grace kind of did make likable gays. Like, you know, if you think about who watches NBC at nine o'clock, it's a lot of Midwesterners. And even though they were like at the joke, like Will and, Will and Jack weren't villainous people. They were like funny. They were likable to a sense. and then. You know, it's like, it's like a weird kind of comeback. Like, we had, like, a good run until, like, the 80s, and then now we're just going back to, like, where we can kind of be seen yeah. and heard as something other than just, like, the bad serial killer or, you know.
0: I think, I think that's an awesome point, Ricky. Like, The Silence of the Lambs.
3: Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. There's so... Oh, God. We're going to get into trans representation in film in this conversation. We're going to because yeah. it's real, real bad. Don't ever watch the movie Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> oh, oh no!
0: No, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That, oh, and then the twist. the the twist was like? Really? Yeah. Really unnecessary.
3: unnecessary. But is is it similar to the twist yeah. of Ace Ventura? You know, normally I wouldn't spoil it, but I don't want anyone to watch sure. the movie, so I'm just going to straight up say it. There's a yeah. character that like is sent off to live with her aunt. Because her her brother and her dad got killed. And her aunt's like a total, like horrible, like bitch in the entire thing and like really terrible to her. So she goes off to this, like, like live there, and like I it's been so long since I watched it and I don't love it. So I didn't really commit to memory. But the worst the point of the movie is that, like the girl is actually the brother, and the brother end up killing them and then Posed as the sister because they were like twins or whatever, so that way. But they actually had a like a character play like a boy play a girl at some point, like to to get away with it kind of thing.
0: And yeah. but the whole
3: the whole premise of the movie was essentially like trans people kill people and then pretend to be them. This is where we get the whole yeah. like oh you're just a murderer the bathroom shit. This you're just a murderer trying to yeah. get into women's faces the predatory. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Even like Psycho, oh, yeah. what's the face of Psycho? Like dressing up like his mother to so
3: do murders. Exactly. Right. It's it, Like, trans people are either a joke or they're a, a murderer. Like, there's no in between. Or pedophile. There's no in between. Right. Only, only, like, or now like, we're getting different stories, but... Yeah. yeah.
0: Amanda? So it's just, like, the just... inherent like, thought that there's something predatory or sexual about being a... Like, about being LGBTQ. That's another big problem where people think that inherently, like... Being LGBTQ is inherently sexual, which it's not. It's just, like, it's the same thing as being straight. Like, you wouldn't, like, my biggest thing that got me so mad, like, I ma- I recently made a video, and it was, like, it was, like, you know, the, um, it was a trend of basically it's this audio where it's, like, a head is my most um spiritual film, and it's, like, oh, will you elaborate on that? And they were, like, no. And my thing was, um I think all the avatars from Avatar The Last Airbender are by or pan, and people were automatically just like, "Oh, well, Ang is straight. Like he's too young." And it's like, "But what do you mean he's too young? Like I was, yeah, I was twelve once. I'm still so the bisexual." These the like,
3: same people. It's not, yeah, these are the same people. Amanda like, "Oh, look, it's a one-year-old. And the one-year-old. They're definitely going to get married one day." And it's like, "They're yeah, babies." Like, they're, they're like, "Oh, like
0: lady killers, stud on a one-year-old onesie." Like, yeah. or like, yeah. "Oh, you have to get the shotgun for infant daughter." It's like, so you're. So, me saying that there are queer children, which queer children grow up to be queer adults, like I didn't just spawn out of nowhere. I was, yeah. I was, I was, you found me. <laughs> like,
4: so, it's just
0: like, it's like I was, I was by out the womb. I was by when I was four. I was by when I was 11. I just grew up and realized that. But, like, they act, and then they turn around and they're like, oh, my son's a lady killer. My son has a girlfriend in pre K. Nobody has a girlfriend in pre K. Like, why are you? You're the ones that yeah. are putting this on your kids. I think we said, no, like, oh, it's not. the gay agenda. I'm like, so what about you having all, all the stuff on your infants' clothing and you're not pushing an agenda? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know what agenda, I mean?
3: Really? <laughs> the gay agenda yeah. is the straight agenda. We all. It's know. like, <laughs>
1: it's that's that projection, right?
4: Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah.
1: Who, who's sexualizing the babies? Yeah. Uh, the straights, yeah. right?
3: Yeah, you yeah. said something yeah. earlier, Dimitri, that like really, really makes the most sense, and I, I've always known it too. But like, you said, a lot of the people that watch TV they're, they're are in the Midwest, and and that's very true. In that, like, the, I didn't say
1: that, but I'll take credit for it. But yeah,
3: oh, whoever <laughs> oh, was it, oh, Ricky? I'm sorry, whoever said it, uh, it's true. Um, Hollywood loves to point the cameras at itself to entertain the people in the flyover states. That's how this is. So like, yeah. because somebody one time said, "Well, if you do a Hollywood show about Hollywood for Hollywood people, it's just a big old like, you know, in in joke." So they're like, "No, we'll we'll play it to the point where like, and this is true. If you audition for a game show, um, and you you they ask yeah. you for your profession, if you say you're an actor or a performer, they say, no, pick something else.' Like yeah. if you were worked at a bank. And, like, you notice a lot of people that go on these game shows, even though they're very personable and everything, they are listed as, like, student, you know? yeah, the reason is because people in the Midwest don't want to watch a show with actors in it. They just won't watch it. So everything Hollywood does is aimed right square at that that middle belt. Right. Um, And, unfortunately, those middle belt people... Don't take kindly to people that are LGBTQ very often. So Hollywood, in turn, then starts playing their LGBTQ characters for those Midwest people, and then all of a sudden you've got, you know, Tennessee putting up a sign saying "Warning: Transgender people might be using these bathrooms." Like that's why it happens. Hollywood creates things always, and it always has.
0: Yeah, we're influenced by media all the time.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, it's speaking about influence of media, uh, I want to I want to bring up two shows that we've mentioned so far, and that's Three's Company, uh, uh, which was pre pre AIDS crisis. Uh, where the premise of Three's Company is uh, Jack uh, Tripper uh, is straight, he needs a place to stay. Uh, the only place that will uh, that will uh, uh, that has an opening is uh, a three bedroom place with that has two girls already but the landlord won't let a guy live with girls okay um and so jack tripper has to pretend to be gay when in front of the landlord in order to live there and just have a place to live uh which one could say is also kind of a class struggle type thing uh because uh yeah anyway the point being is um, he had to pretend he was gay in order to do that. So a lot of the antics are Jack is a ladies' man and then has to pretend to be gay when Mr. Roper shows up. Uh, uh, Mr. Roper and who's who's Don Knotts. Mr. and Mrs. Roper, the, and then so Mr. Roper and then
2: Don Knotts is the is after the Roper
1: yeah. yeah yeah. Uh, Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Roper are first though. Anyway, the point being is that like you get into a lot of gay stereotypes at the time as as far as I saw they weren't necessarily hurtful other than being stereotypes per se uh, Ricky brought up a good point that like the, the, the plague spreader kind of mentality kind of comes later um, but you have this show kind of introducing a little bit more of gays to mainstream TV uh, and then later 20 years later you have Will and Grace which took place in the 90s
4: mm-hmm.
1: how integral are these shows in Uh, humanizing uh, uh, that community?
2: Uh,
3: Uh, Are they integral?
2: Well, Will & Grace is, because not only was Will & Grace about gay characters, it was written and created by a gay man. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the era of 1990s gay um, and pop culture in general, it's in Will & Grace, it's in Friends, it's in those weird shows that were like, you know, Thirty-something, so 30, you know. Um, yeah. but you know, growing up, seeing Will and Grace made me see kind of what gay was. Like, I, if I am this thing, I could be a lawyer like Will, or I could be an actor like Jack, you know, or like the various people they meet, as opposed to like they're watching like Philadelphia and being like, "So I'm gonna die of AIDS." Okay, <laughs> like this is my reality, you know. Um, and it's really funny because I was just having this talk with someone who is uh a lot younger and the talk about internalized homophobia came in. You know, like you have to hide yourself so much that when people say you're gay, you have to say like, oh, I'm not no, you know, faggot, you know, and like you start becoming that hateful thing that you don't want to afflict it towards you. And there's a large amount of people who are like my age like in our 30s who kind of are going through that whether it's communal or you know with people in the world um but then you have a whole group of people that came like almost after lady gaga like when you think about what she did for the community and what she ushered in like it's phenomenal that so many more people were able to see a positive light onto our community you know and even to like glee to some extent like that was a show that a lot of teenagers watched. And a lot of trans, a lot of gay, a lot of lesbian, a lot of you know bisexual teenagers watch that show and we're like, oh, this is cool, this is funny. It's giving me like some kind of like clap back to the haters, you know? Um, and they kind of saw themselves in a way more positive life than, you know, pre <laughs> Glee and Gaga did have. So like, yeah, Willing Grace is integral because that first part that got, it, it gave us Glee, it gave us like a whole glimpse of gay pop culture.
1: Right. Um, and, and, and before I, kind of, I was, oh, sorry. Yeah. Amanda.
0: And I think to kind of piggyback off of that, when you said that um, Will and Grace was written by a gay man about a gay man, it just kind of highlights the fact that no one's going to know the experience better than a person who's lived it. So that's why I think it's so important to give people opportunities to write about their experiences, because when you have a straight person writing about a gay person's experience, all they have is hearsay. All they have is what their friends have told them. Or if, if, they, if they don't have any gay friends, which some people don't, um, they'll go to Google or they'll go to some outside source and they won't have this innate experience. So the fact that you, like you did point out that Will & Grace was written by a gay man about a gay man, that like kind of highlights the fact that no one's going to know the experience better than the people who have lived it. And that's why it's so important to have people on your team that know what they're talking about. Like, my biggest pet peeve is when you see a movie and, like, there's, it's about one thing and not one person on that team has ever lived that experience, whether it be racial or um, sexual or whether it be just, like, cultural. The fact that sometimes you'll see a production and it's all straight white guys (laughs) and not one person that has lived the experience was even a consultant there. And it's so unfortunate.
3: And from the trans perspective, too, it's like only now are we starting to see shows and movies that have portrayals of trans persons being portrayed by trans people. Like um, a lot of the Mm -hmm. times when a a movie gets like an Oscar for a a trans person or gets nominated, you have people like Felicity Huffman playing it or, or um, like Eddie Redmayne or, or, you know, what's his face from the, the, the one that was last Thank you. Fair these, fair. these people are are not trans, mm-hmm. and they're they're getting Oscars because oh, you're doing such a great performance of this thing. You're like, I'm not a character. You're not you're not playing me. You're mm-hmm. playing this weird yeah. version of me that's not. You don't have the experience. There the are trans, yeah, there are trans actors out there that can play these parts better uh-huh. than uh-huh. straight white actors can, and you're just kind of giving the nod to them because you know them and you know that they're quote-unquote not, they're safe is where it's kind of coming from. It's like, stop it. Just
0: Hollywood nepotism.
3: But I will say this, it is improving. I mean, Laverne Cox, love Laverne Cox, um, absolutely smashed it in that show, and she's wonderful. Um, There is a a girl and I I can't remember her name. Oh, Natasha Maynes on uh, Supergirl plays dreamer yeah uh yeah.
1: not natasha Mains. uh nicole nicole me uh i'm so bad but yes up.
3: but yeah i follow her on twitter she's great but she's she's trans yeah. and playing a trans character in a superhero show and yeah it's dc but still <laughs> you know <laughs> sorry uh, <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> wait are we just talking back about dc as a whole is that yeah, what not, we're doing that was a little side thing i'm sorry but okay again, I, all right uh nicole Mains.
3: Nicole Maines, yeah. Um, yeah. And she's wonderful, and she's an absolute sweetheart. Yeah. You know? And so so there is progression now. Um, um, but there wasn't for a long time. For a long time, they're like, we're not going to put any trans characters on. And then they're like, okay, well, we'll put trans characters on, but they have to be played by Jeffrey Tambor. You know, like, why? Yeah. Why, why? That's right.
0: I, I was recently re-watching uh, Star, the series that was on Fox, and Amaya Scott wonderful actress um gorgeous and amazing and um she plays a trans character and she's a trans actress and i just keep thinking i'm like this would not have hit the same had it been just a cis guy like playing this trans woman because you can see even though they're fake scenarios you can see like just through her eyes through her the way that she is that this is something that she knows in her heart you know that she knows this from experience she knows what it's like for her and it's something that you cannot replicate, no matter how good at method acting you are. And yeah. it's just I I'd much rather watch such like that like, authentic experience than have to watch somebody play dress up. You know what I mean? Like being trans isn't dress up. It's somebody's identity. It's somebody's life. It's somebody's like that's how they go through life and live. That's not something that you can just make a costume. And that's like the kind of disrespect. And I I I don't, I get where I, I try to play doubles advocate even though I really don't want to. And people are like, oh, but it's acting. You're supposed to think that you're not. But there is a fine line between that. You know what I mean? There's a fine line be- between playing a superhero and playing someone who could actually exist, you know? Like, right. playing someone And it's also, like, a really been, weird
2: thing when you like, think, like, older people can act. Sorry, what was that? And like, when you have people, I was like, you have people who, like, are, like, you know, oh, well, they don't cast trans actors well like in la there's you can't go like really a few blocks without meeting a trans actor who's trying to get into like the business mm-hmm. you know always right i think I mean, like when you watch shows like pose like there it's a whole trans cast yes and it you feel a lot of that pain and a lot of that like you know with angels she's beautiful she's gorgeous but like she feels like she's unloved
4: mm-hmm. and
2: you as a member of the community you, you can understand that acceptance and like yeah, like, you can't accept this reality that you're lovable. And, like, only a trans or only someone in the community who's gone through that will know that feeling that the world is you guys, you know? Yeah, right. So I think it's really uh, important now in this
3: period. Time. Real quick, going yeah. going back to the whole guy in the dress thing, you know, and, and obviously I'm, I'm speaking from the perspective of a trans woman. I don't have the perspective of a trans man, but I know that there's similarities. But from my perspective, by having Hollywood make that joke, even back then, you still have people now going, huh, that, look at that. That's a guy in a dress. Totally a dude. Look at that dude. And like, it's hard. Like I went to, I go to work every day. And I'm not talking about the Midwest. I'm talking about California. I'm talking about places that are progressive, right? I go to work every single day and my office is next to this bar that is very much like a, um, that kind of bar. You know, like a, um, like a we love America bar. And, and this is in Orange County. This isn't in, in like, East, east this isn't in like the 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 part that you think it would be it's not but like so i have to walk i park my car the far end of the parking lot but i don't have a key to that door so i have to walk all the way around right in front of that bar and i'm waiting i wait for people to go into the bar so there's nobody out there so i can go past without getting harassed because i know if there are people out there they're gonna say something about me and i don't want to talk to them like i don't want to interact with them and that's that's my daily that's, life ugh. I had two people in a truck today. They were talking to each other, and I, I watched them, and they stopped talking to look at me. And they were like, and it wasn't like out of curiosity. Like, they were having a full-on head-to-head conversation, and then one goes poke, poke, and they look at me and go like that. And I'm watching them in their car. They don't say anything. But it's like, I just know that, that I'm the focus. And like, the rest of the day, they're going to think, I saw a trans person. I saw a tranny. That's what they're going to say.
2: Yeah, like a bird watching bingo. Like, yeah, I got one.
3: Yeah. And it's like, just that can be you know let me exist so that i can have a good life that's all i want like i don't need you like
0: you're, you're just out here existing and they're looking for what like sure. you know what i like, yeah that's so ugh,
3: and they people. learn that behavior from media like you don't learn that because their parents taught mm-hmm. them that, and their parents learned from tv shows back in the day yeah So, like that's a learned behavior mm-hmm. from a previous learned behavior from the media representation so in the future like there's this thing that's happening right now and i love it i love it the fact that like the newer generations um, are, are growing up and having children, but they are like living, they're living their lives authentically. So you're ha- seeing more, more and more mm-hmm. queer people living. And those same queer people are making media. And then those people are raising children to be more open-minded. So eventually that older generation is going to be gone. And you. It's gonna I, be people fade like, out. yeah, people like me are going to be not, they're going to be, it's going to be easier for them, but like, yeah. You know, the thing that I can do is just, I don't hide like I, like, I can't hide from people. Like, I'm going to live as myself. I'm going to go to the mall in this dress. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I can to make sure that, like, I'm not going anywhere. You can't scare me. You can kill every single one of us, but we're still going to be there. Like, that's, that's the way it is, you know? Because if we go back to hiding, it'll never change. And media is starting to reflect yeah. that now. That's the best part about current media. You said Legend of Korra? So good. My friend works on that show. Yeah. And yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, oh, I will talk for days but, about Shira. I love the new Shira because it's nothing but LGBTQ representation from top to bottom. Um, that's that's what we need is is that kind of representation, and, and that will help people like me. And that's that's.
0: <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like when you like I hate it when adults, like conservative adults, are like, "Oh, we can't uh, expose children to this. They're too young." I, like, growing up, it took me so long to realize how I felt and what I was feeling because I had no frame of reference, no positive frame of reference for how I felt. And I remember I was, this is the, this is going to be the most obscure thing. I was watching America's Next Top Model with my mom. And one of the contestants was, like, on the phone crying to her mom and oddly enough, her name was also Amanda. And she was like, I think I'm gay. Like, I think, like, I think I like women. Like, I I have these feelings and they just, and I, I think I like women. And I was like maybe nine years old and I was so confused because a, a, I was a dumbass. And for the longest time, I thought only guys could be gay. Because <laughs> I had no like women loving women representation in media. And then B, I was like, wait, you can do that? And I remember just feeling like, wait, what? Like, that, that's a thing? Like, that's you can feel like that and other people feel like that? And I remember, like, when I really started realizing that, because I, I took so long to, like, I, I was a late bloomer in a lot of aspects. I had my first, like, relationship at, like, 16. And meanwhile, everybody had already had their first kiss. Everybody had already done everything. And I just stood away from relationships for so long because I didn't know how I felt. And it was so hard to, like, even navigate it because there was, there were no examples. There were absolutely no examples for me to play off of. And then I remember people would think, oh, uh you're a lesbian. You don't like boys. You've never kissed a boy. Uh You're gay. And like, they keep saying it as an insult. So of course, I didn't want to be what these people were insulting. You know, of course, I didn't want to be a lesbian. I remember being in middle school and hanging out with one of my friends And we hung out a lot and we just talked a lot. And they were like, oh, are you gay? Are you gay for her? And I was just remembering being mortified because I didn't want to be this negative thing. And it took me so long to come to terms with the fact that I did like women and I did want relationships with women. I didn't care about gender. I just cared about the person. But for so long, I shut down those feelings because every single I haven't looked, it was negative or it was a face, or it was something that... You shouldn't do, or you're just too young about. And I think that that was so damaging because I feel like I missed out on a part of myself for so long. And people don't realize that kids need to feel safe. They need to feel like they can explore themselves because then you grow up and you're like, well, shit, I spent years hating myself for what? For no reason. And they don't look at it like that. I, I spent years confused for no reason. And instead of having something there to guide me, everyone took every opportunity to make sure that I never saw it at all. And that didn't change the outcome. I still ended up (laughs) by. So (laughs) I would much rather have examples for people that are positive and not like just completely shut it down, like altogether. you know, like, it's not fair. It's not fair to kids. It's not fair to just feel that way and have nobody understand.
3: That's such a key word that you just said. And, and, and first of all, I, my story almost mimics yours, except, you know, obviously trans. I mean, I, I'm also a bi-trans woman. So, like, like I'm also, like, I. there's, like, no representation of bi-trans woman anywhere still. But, but you said something <laughs> there, which is, like, positive re- role models and positivity. Because while there are starting to be more stories about us told, a lot of them are tragedies. Um, if you watch a lot of the yeah, shows right now, sad. it's the sad, the sad tale of the the morose trans woman, or the sad tale of the yeah. woman who loved women. And you're like, just you want to show people, LGBTQ people proper, show them living their lives, doing what they do, and you know maybe having a fun story about them, or maybe just have them gardening. You know, I w- I want to point out something very very cool that I saw on the show, the the Queen's Gambit. Um which there's a lot of good about that show, but there is a character in the very beginning of the show who is a trans woman who works at the um at the office, and i don 't know if her character is trans, but the actress is trans, and all she does is teach she 's a teacher, and that 's it it's not like there's our trans teacher, Miss Johnson or whatever. It was like no it 's just a woman doing a job of teaching these kids. And then, you know, she makes sure they, they, you know, go to bed on time in this orphanage. And then she's gone. And, like, how f- fucking wonderful is that? Or we're like, I I know she's trans because I know the trans actresses in the community because I watched it. But, like, regular people, like, that are not LGBTQ are going to watch that show and go, what a cool teacher. All right, cool. And then they move on yeah. to the, the, the chess or whatever. Yeah. You know? I, I didn't know. Yeah. And, and you're not... You're not you're not gonna. And that's the best way to do it. Is like you need to be have positive representation of people. Have have people doing cool things and show that they can do it so that people like me don't wait till they're 37 years old to come out of the closet. Like, because I I -hmm. if I saw somebody living their life and doing the the coolest things when I was 25, I would have been Holly when I was 25. Right. I straight up like, well, they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Period. You know, I was Holly back when I was born but like I wasn't able to tell people I was that until later in life because I knew that like there's enough people that saw representation of me on that I could be safe and also happy. So do more of that. <laughs> and it's it's Netflix, mm-hmm. it's these streaming services that are driving that because they're not bound to this weird studio code. They're like we're going to do whatever the hell we want because we have our own money and we're going to do it. And like we don't give a shit if the people in you know, Sheboygan don't like us, you know, Who cares? they can go watch whatever yeah. weird shows on CBS right now. Like we don't care because we, we have enough uh, people yeah. subscribed to this network that we got crazy money and we're going to live, let people live their lives. And that's yeah. what's driving media and Hollywood specifically right now is the fact that money comes from everywhere, not just one person, not just five people. It comes from literally everywhere. And yeah. these stories are getting told, which is great, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, before I throw the ball to to Ricky, because uh, I want to hear from him. Um, I, I think that Holly. <laughs> no, it's all right. No, no worries. I mean, that's yeah, what yeah. this this whole thing is for. Is like for for everyone to be able to talk and and to 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 give their input and share their experiences. Uh, maybe you know, uh, maybe you couldn't before. I don't know in whatever platform. Um, uh, but I definitely appreciate everybody being on here and talking about these things. Something that I wanted to to ask about Holly, uh, not too Holly, but rather expand upon. Um, It seems that uh, these are all like negative stories, Not, not experiences, but like in media, they're negative to be cautionary tales so that young teenagers who think they're bi will just choose to be straight and they'll go the straight route. Or if you're gay, hide it and pretend you're straight because life would be so much easier and you don't die, right? Like I feel like there's supposed to be cautionary tales. And on my – drawing an al- uh, trying to draw an analogy or, or uh, a connection to people who say don't date outside your race because there's, there's more light – I'm not against interracial dating – but there would be more problems. So just, it would be much easier if you choose to date within your race, have a baby that's that's in your race. You don't have to go, you know, deal with the world's problems, you know? And so that also becomes, a, that's a cautionary tale. That's a cautionary tale. And I feel like that's just erasure,
3: right? It's a cautionary tale because nobody wants to admit the, the fact that the problems are coming from a single source. Yeah, yeah. Like, the problems yeah. could be solved if you took care of the source instead of taking care of the person that is being neglected. Like, Right. I mean, it's a power struggle. This is all power struggle. It's honestly yeah. what it is. Um, yeah. So, I want to let other You
2: have know. a lot of stuff, too. Like, in, in the 60s, you know, TV becomes a thing. There's only three networks. And I think on CBS, they run this like five night event called the homosexuals, where a panel of therapists talk about the struggles of the homosexuals. You know, if someone is gay, they are sad. If someone is gay, they're you know depressed. They're these things, you know, and just kind of creating these these like uh, what's the word stereotypes that we are so used to. You know, the angry lesbian, the, the sad gay man. The, the violent transsexual, like this, this show kind of creates all of that because they talk to people who underwent those therapies or those, those, you know, conversions, and so all they have is a negative experience about being you know part of the community. And so, you know, from that to where we are now, where you have movies like Boy Erased that show you how fucking terrible these conversion therapies are, and now that it's like. It's in the news now, you know, conversion therapy banned And it's one of those weird things where like, I talk to straight people like my friends and like, they have no idea about that, that even being a thing. And I went to a church where like, they did offer that in like Costa Mesa. There was a, a pastor who was also a therapist. And he, like, I got a book that said, you know, when, uh, how to tell uh, what to do when I think I'm gay. And it was given to me in youth, group at this church and all of it was like reasons why you're gay. You're gay because you were either molested or you're gay because you are afraid of being gay. So you think you are, you know, like people who are afraid of the dark become people that like metal music. You know, and all these weird things. And I remember like reading it. And I was like 15, thinking like, well yeah, this makes sense if it's written by a doctor. You know, and then it took a long time for me to be like, man, fuck that book. Like and, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, these these stereotypes that just keep being pressed through church and through, you know, that kind of, like, it's almost like an army. Like, you know, you see the Westboro Baptist Church, you know, outside of Matthew Shepard's funeral, and it's just, like, the most disgusting thing, you know? But then there's people who can actually, like, back them and be like, no, they're in the right because this book, you know, tells us so. And it's funny because there's this, there's this tick-tock where somebody takes the lyrics to smash Mouth's all-star and they they uh transcribe it to aramaic and then back to english and when they do like the back to english it reads almost like a bible verse. so if you guys haven't seen it check it out but it's like talks about how easily it is like this mistranslate the bible
0: it's a mishmash
2: um yeah and so like i i've always seen religion as a weapon especially in this country like it's used more for hatred Um, And I was watching this show on HBO Max called uh, Veneno, and it's about this transsexual hooker in Madrid in 1995. She does this like Jerry Springer type show called uh, Mississippi, and the country of this, you know, the country falls in love with her and she becomes like this TV staple. Every night at 11 p.m., you know, it's Mississippi with Veneno. And she comes out with her bare breast talking the most grotesque stories of her job being a hooker, and people were loving her. And once the show ended, it hit me like, holy shit, that was in 95. Like in America, like we were so obsessed over like the president getting a blowjob. I doubt there was ever gonna be like a transsexual star like that
3: in a positive light, you know? Hey, Ricky, I just, wanna, I just wanna say that uh, just real quick it's like not, not every transgender person is a transsexual. Just FYI. Just I just want to put that oh, out I there. Remember. Like the that that term I'm sorry, is I, I'm not going to say don't use it because there are some trans people that do identify, self-identify as transsexual because of whatever reason. But most of us don't use that terminology because it's, I know
0: it's
3: you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, I just yeah. just put that out there in case no no one mentioned it. But yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no one's
0: <It's, laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, um, that. Like, like that's know, that's the one bigger thing.
0: Bigger thing. Bigger I'm sorry. So that was it. <laughs> yeah. I know you didn't. Uh, and, and that's another thing too. Where it's like, I like I'm one of those people where it's like I'm never I, I I don't I'm not gonna sit here and shame someone's religious or religion or belief system because I wouldn't want someone to shame me for what I believe or don't believe. However, I do think in America, especially, um, I myself am agnostic. So basically, long story short, I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> but uh I don't know what's going on up there and I don't care. But um uh, I, and I'm perfectly happy that way. But I think, especially like in America, um, religion, like if you look at other countries, like um, especially like Western countries, that they are shocked at just how evangelical Amanda, uh, Amanda, America is.
4: Oh, <laughs> I you saw my own it. Um, <laughs> but you, you
0: Like They get kind of shocked at just how embedded religion is into our country. And that's one thing where it's like, I am perfectly, if you want to believe what you believe that is perfectly, like that is not my business. That is not my circus. That is, not, those are not my movies. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, no, you shouldn't believe this or you should believe this because I wouldn't want somebody doing it to me. If religion and faith brings you comfort, that is well within your right. But the fact that how, like just how much it is weaponized in America, North America, United States is just insane like they take their own beliefs and what they think and they think that everyone must abide by what they believe meanwhile we're supposed to be like separate we're supposed to be us like we're supposed to have like separation of church and state and yet we still have legislation being made in the name of god how is that legal how is that okay because that in itself is going against what i believe so you're making laws that don't apply to my belief system but I'm supposed to apply to your I'm supposed to abide by yours that doesn't make any sense you know what I mean and it's just the fact that even then like again it's so easy to misinterpret writings that were done thousands of years ago in a different language and they pick and choose what they want to like uphold meanwhile everyone's still out here eating shrimp and wearing mixed materials and nobody's going to hell for that So what the, why, why did you pick out homosexuality as a problem, but not shrimp? You know what I mean? Like, if that makes any sense, like in the same book that both of those things are bad, but you picked out one of those things to be worse. How does that make any sense?
3: And it may not even be in the book.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it may not even be there. It may just have been made up by some random ass and you take it as fact. And then you make laws and you make people feel bad about themselves, and you kill people over something that might not even be true. Yeah. And that's insane to me, where it's like you can have your faith, but you also need to live in reality and realize that there are going to be people out there who are not like you, are gay, who are trans, who are like living in a completely different mindset than you are. And you can all and that's the thing too, where it's like why is it separate like I know plenty of gay people who are also religious. I know plenty of gay people who go to church. I know plenty of gay people who pray every night. Why, like, who decided that those things had to be separate also, you know? Like, who decided that, okay, you're gay, you're going to hell? What? Like, when did that happen?
3: My um, my brother got married in, uh, last year, actually, during the pandemic, in a, a church in Ohio, mm-hmm. Defiance, Ohio. And I know where you really think this is going, but it's not going there, I promise you. Um, because the church itself, um, was the one church in town, it was a Unitarian church. And they, um, not only were they proudly displaying a pride flag, but like behind my brother's wedding, Mm -hmm. the lighting was changed to a rainbow pattern. And so like the pastor was very like cool with me. And I was like, the only reason I wasn't in the dress in the wedding was because I came out after I bought everything. (laughs) so like i i end up yeah. like i was too poor to buy a new thing so i'm like i'll just wear the suit and just wear makeup and so it looked like a mm-hmm. it was like my brother has a, this weird kind of gender fuck amalgamation in the background of, <laughs> <laughs> of pictures but but like i the the takeaway was it was like i was like wait you're religious aren't you like and they're like no religion isn't about excluding people religion is about inclusion it's About loving everyone yeah and the people that are excluding people are not religious, they're power hungry. <laughs> they're they're using exactly. the religious background as a as a way to mm-hmm. keep the power front and front keep front. control. And he's like, we were never like that. Mm-hmm. Never we're gonna be in the most rural Ohio, almost Indiana. And it's like we're you couldn't exist and we're happy with you. You know, we're fine. Go to this mm-hmm. where's you want to go to a restaurant? Let's go, you know, <laughs> like whatever. And it was the coolest thing for me because up until that point my opinion of it was like religions don't really cater to people that are LGBTq and there are some not a lot yeah um, I'm not religious either i'm I'm agnostic as well but I do try to include people as best I can and even I'm not perfect mm-hmm. at it like i I have issues with times where I I don't feel comfortable around people specifically because of certain backgrounds. Mostly it's the people that are going to country music shows sometimes, but you know, like, uh, but not all of them. I love country music. I actually enjoy singing it. Um, but so like, I'm not a perfect being, nobody and any side is a perfect being, but there are people yeah. on other sides. They're trying to bridge that gap somehow and they're doing it. And I, I, mm-hmm to to spin it back a little bit towards the media side i think it's people like that in positions in in different media sources that are going to help bridge that gap and make things a lot better for us um that's that's the big goal the big goal is that all of those thoughts die out with the group of people that refuse to believe those thoughts and then you can have people living truly in harmony, like living living and letting other people live. And honestly, like, look, here's the fact of the matter. If you don't like me because of what I am, I'm not going to change that. I'm just not because it's ingrained in you. But the least you can do is just not talk to me or not talk about me. You know, you can hate me from afar, but just hate me from afar. It's the minute you come up and say something to me thinking I'm going to change my mind that we have problems. And, um, you know, I want to be able to go running in my neighborhood at night, (laughs) you know, or during the day for that matter. Um, I want to be able to turn on like a cartoon because I watch a lot of cartoons. I watch a lot of anime and see characters that are that are trans and not for sexual reasons or not as a joke, but are just like this is this is Billy. Uh, He's trans. But, like, obviously don't have people say that because never do that in real life. Never be like, oh, this is my friend, Polly. She's trans. Don't, don't do that. (laughs) Um, But, like, you can, there are ways to portray it that, and it's tricky. It's honestly tricky because how do you, how do you, you know, how do you tell somebody that this character is a trans person without literally saying this person's a trans person, right? And, You get situations like Dimitri had earlier. It's like, I I watched the Queen's Gambit and I never knew that person was trans. I'm like, great, great, (laughs) you know? Uh, But also you want to be able to have representation. So it kind of, that's the big question with a lot of these things is like, how do you represent people without outing them? Yeah. I um, [SS2] think...
4: Oh,
2: go, go, go.
0: Go, Ricky, oh, I was go. gonna talk about like,
2: you know, being in high school, like watching like Degrassi and you had Marco who was gay and he had a girlfriend, he was Allie, but like he never kissed her. He never like tried to like make a move on her. And she always felt like, is it because I'm ugly? And then when you find out in the episode, which like goes to go talk to him and he's crying and she's like, Marco, are you gay? And he's like, I think I might be, you know, I remember watching that thinking like, oh, how cool Marco's gay. You know, and at the time, like, being bullied at school for being different, not so much because I was gay, but just because I was flamboyant. there's, you know, there's the episode, you know, Marco goes on to the wrong side of town, and when he's walking through the park, he gets beat up by these guys who just go out of their way to fuck him up because he's gay. Mm -hmm. And the one that goes to go save his life and kind of just see if he's okay is Drake. And so, like, forever, Drake's going to have a pass in my book because he went to go, like, check on Marco. Like, he protected Marco, you know? Um... But, like, there wasn't a show like that for America. Like, the grassy's from Canada, you know? And in America, like, we were still, like, barely getting there, you know? So, like, I thank God for, in, like, different countries, you know, TV because there were more characters like me than there were in America, you know? Where, yeah. like, it was, like, one, one special episode, there's a gay character, and you're going to learn about, you know, the issues of the gay community and then for the next 27 episodes of that season, they never talk about you know um yeah yeah I think that that representation is kind of how you know
1: um uh before I I oh did Amanda need to say something
0: uh yeah just a a real quick piggyback off of what Holly said that eventually I hope it gets to a point where you have to state things you know what I mean like I know I'm not gonna live. To see it I know I'm not I, I know I'm a, I know I'm only 24 and I'm pr- I'm either going to be very close to death by the time I see it or like really old and dead when when it finally happens but it might get to a point in the future one day that maybe you won't have to maybe a character can just exist and be a character and be a person and just be somebody named Jim or be somebody named like Ellie or and have a husband, and or have a boyfriend, or have a girlfriend, or just be trans and just exist there, or be non-binary and just exist there, and you don't have to make a thing out of it. And again, I know it's very far-fetched, and I know it's not going to happen anytime soon, but I hope it gets to a point where these characters can just exist, and it doesn't have to be the very special episode, and it doesn't have to be something dramatic, it doesn't have to be this character crying on the bathroom floor, and suffering constantly because of their identity. They can just be there and be happy and exist. And I think at that point, we will truly get to a point where representation will just be like a no-brainer. Like you'll just not even think about it. You'll just have someone there that happens to be trans or happens to be bisexual or happens to be gay. And it doesn't have to be a, oh my God, a big reveal. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be some whole episode arc about this character like, just having the worst time of their life because they're gay, you know.
3: And How about having the best? I time would of love for it to get to that <laughs> point. That would be or, great. or having
0: the best time of their life, having a great Absolutely. time. I mean, like honestly, I,
3: <laughs> I keep I will I will talk uh-huh. about Shira until the day I die because that show is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, like that show's like,
0: great. Like the
3: yeah, they have people on that show, characters on that show that are like, yeah, this is my husband. You want to talk about like the history of the etheria like yeah let's talk about the history cool yeah. hey can you go get some nachos i would love to get some nachos awesome hey oh by the way this is the thing we can't translate and it's not like you have two dads they're gay wow how did you live <laughs> what like what what did you think of are you gay like who fucking cares like they're gay and it's awesome yeah you don't have to ask questions about it you don't have to like live. Let them live their damn lives. Let people like. Oh, I I don't want to spoil Shira because I want you all to watch it. So I'm not gonna spoil it. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: I, I I'm still watching it yeah there's, there's <laughs> i'm not
3: done yet i i will spoil shit i okay. don't want you to see because don't bother like sleepaway camp but i will not spoil she right because i think everybody should watch it but there are characters that thank you really i'm love. still watching it. yeah <laughs> but there sick. are characters like that are in the background like Spinnerella and Natasha, who are which by the way one of them is is
0: oh yeah Natasha.
3: they're, they're, they're <laughs> voiced by uh noelle stevenson who is um the creator and showrunner of that show um but they're just a lesbian couple they're like yeah, that's who we are, you know? Double Trouble, they are a non-binary character portrayed by a non-binary voice actor who is living their life out in the world, and that character is one of my favorite characters in the whole damn show, because they're so funny, you know? But not in, like, a stereotypical way, in a, like, I'm gonna fuck with your life way, which is awesome. Um, that show is so wonderful, and, the, and um, it's on Netflix, five seasons. Go watch it. Just go don't stop just go you know yeah after you're yeah. done that's
2: time. why i like this <laughs> creek too this creek was good like that where like dan levy's character was just essential, and eugene levy never had to have a talk about what his preference was he just took it as it was. Oh, you're speaking to Steve, or oh, you're speaking with patrick like monday tuesday you know <laughs> and it was just like watching that feeling like oh my god like the the things that are like the big things are like the money the issues of money you know just like random stuff that makes sitcoms funny i'm like to so watch him and Patrick go through this whole like three season arc, it's like it's just another story. It does not like anything special about it. It's just a normal day for these characters.
4: Yeah.
2: Um yeah. So like yeah, like we're kind of there with one one letter of the community, but like the others are starting to get like represented. And I think about like Lena Wave, like Lena Wave had an interview about the Thanksgiving episode of Masters of None. And they asked her, like, what made you want to write it? And she goes, for so long, I was asking myself, like, when the fuck am I gonna see my story? And it finally dawned on her, like, well, bitch, you have to tell it. It's yours. You know, like, you're you're the person you've been waiting for. And, like, it was one of those, like, wow, like, yeah, like, let's get to that point where, like, these kids, you know, who are, you know, 17 right now going through this life where it's perfectly normal, like, to just be, you know, anywhere on the spectrum of gender fluidity, you know, when they tell their stories, they're not gonna put, like, you know, in the script, like, dad, you know, in parentheses, Gay, but doesn't know it. Like, no, he's just going to be Dan, twenty four, a busboy. You know, like, and it's going to be like a beautiful thing to watch one day. But like, God, it's taking a long time to get there. <laughs>
4: yeah,
2: uh, I want
1: to do a shout out to to Vicky in the comments. Uh, Vicky uh, works for Volume, but she's also a big fan of the Keeg, and she uh, is awesome. And uh, she's chatting a lot and putting gifs, uh, uh, real cool gifs, up. I say gifs, and I'm sorry. It uh, rubs me the wrong way, but I'll let you do it for your show. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Vicky was w- did state that, like, just something that we've already like talked about, like religion and whatnot. But uh, she was saying she went to a Jesuit university, and a priest explained that the story of Sodom and Gomorrah was a hospitality story, and nothing to do with homosexuality and that she's been happy to explain that ever since
0: uh,
3: uh, and vicky. she uh, so we see a vicky We see you out there yeah. um nobody ever give is angry at pillars of salt that same story but whatever <laughs> you know that's a pile uh, of salt terrible terrible get that salt yeah. out of here <laughs> <Look back>. um, <laughs> fuck that salt
0: <laughs> fuck that salt <laughs> something that
1: something <laughs> something that uh, that that uh, somebody here uh, brought up the beginning of this episode and this discussion uh was uh queer coded characters Mm
4: -hmm.
1: and uh uh who has a a good grasp on how to explain what queer coding is uh Um, Uh,
3: wait amanda you can do it go amanda go yeah Um, amanda (laughs) uh tell, tell
0: us about tell us about queer coding so, queer coding is basically when a character is not explicitly stated to be a member of the LGBTQ uh, plus community, but everything, basically all the pieces are there except for the title, if that makes any sense. So, we'll, like, say, for instance, I forgot his name. Oh, my God. The, the fucking devil from uh, Powerpuff Girls. Um, uh, oh, him. him. Oh, him. 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 Yeah. Him. Him. <laughs> yeah. Him. Him from Powerpuff Girls, is queer-coded, uh, dresses and acts effeminate, um, and just has this, like, aura about him, Him and um, just is very much, like, coded to be a member of the LGBTQ community without explicitly saying so. And same thing with, like, Ursula from um, um, The Little Mermaid. Remember. She's actually based off of a drag queen, Divine. Um, they literally drew her based off of a drag queen and her movements and her voice and her, the way that she acts is queer coded. It's, um, uh, inspired by drag. And so sometimes it's okay, especially when there is censorship involved. Like Nickelodeon was heavily censored, especially back in 2014. So they had to code, um, uh, like Cora and Asami as queer before, like, finally being able to state it outside of canon. And then during the comics, they were able to actually explicitly be like, hey, they are kissing, they're holding hands, they are dating, these are girlfriends. Um, so they had to code them beforehand just to, to make sure they got past the censors. But um, on the flip side, where it can be negative, a lot of queer characters are actually, well, queer coded characters are actually characterized as the villain. So some like they make them deliberately more effeminate, de- deliberately more flamboyant, deliberately more looking lgbtq and they make them the antagonist and that was a trend for a very long time and so I mean, yeah. basically like when you saw someone like jafar or when you saw ursula or when you saw him you were supposed to be like oh that's the bad guy and they were like made to be they were basically taking all these traits that were not inherently bad and making them bad
2: yeah Yeah, because Captain Hook and Smee are kind of gay, and I love love Captain (laughs) Hook. Are (laughs) they? He's my favorite Disney villain because he's so like, oh, like he's just
3: everything I want to be. Like he's so good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Interesting thing about, side note about Legend of Korra, too, is that uh, a Nickelodeon would not let uh, Korra and Asami be a a couple. It just wasn't happening. They would not. Um, but season four and five of that show were on Nick.com, the website. They weren't on mm-hmm. Nickelodeon. And so when they well, went to the four. website, yeah. three and four, whatever, two, two of the episodes, yeah. two ending episodes were, were not on Nick.com. And so mm-hmm. when they do that, they're able to kind of do more with the characters that they want. And so that's why they started going into the like, like great, now we can really push what we want in the show as opposed to like doing what Nickelodeon wants. And so that's why they're able to do that. And then later on, you have shows like Steven Universe, which is like a yeah. cable show that um, was on like Cartoon Network. They're like, we're just going to do what we want. <laughs> we're just yeah, going to yeah. do it. You know, because who cares? You know, who's going to stop us is really what it was. But like earlier on with Legend of Korra, it was like they had to wait until they were off of the actual air to do anything. And then later on in the comic books confirm everything, like you said. So, yeah, terrible. And, but true. And
0: they had the odd... The Nickelodeon had the audacity on their Instagram to be like we're celebrating our queer characters. I remember 2014 and your censorship. Okay, don't act like that didn't happen. And my yeah. dog says it too.
1: <laughs> um that's that's interesting that you you bring that up Amanda cuz DC Comics So DC Comics obviously comic books in general have had a history of just having white male protagonists, right? And uh, uh, when they have white female protagonists, then they're still uh, for the male gaze, right? And male gaze, G-A-Z-E. Oh. Uh, yeah, not to be confused. Not to be confused. <laughs> the male gaze. Uh, <laughs> I just
4: the, 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 the,
1: the, the <laughs> Yes, the male gaze as in G-A-Z-E for men, for heterosexual men yes. to look at, to the ogle at. It's for them. And no, it's not for empower, empowerment, right? <laughs> um, and yeah. so DC, though, over time, over the decades, because DC is an older company than Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. Batman, or Superman was created in 1938. Marvel characters, the main Marvel character, Spider-Man, is like 1963, 1962,
3: well, something Captain like that. Ma- Captain America was done in the 40s. But, Captain America know. was in the yeah. 40s.
1: Yeah. But then he was frozen on ice, and then they brought him back as like a, oh. that was like a reboot. When they brought him into Avengers, um, kind of thing, because it was like drawing from this old property um, that they thought would work now uh, or then. Now, uh, the point being is, uh, we still didn't, you know, at that point have have black characters, have characters of color, have uh, strong female characters, strong uh, women of color there, let alone gay characters, trans characters, uh, so on and so forth. Um, but uh, what was I saying? That. DC Comics still has, and, and Marvel Comics do, they still have a kind of thing where they try to really manage their gay characters. It's not that they say that gay characters mm-hmm. can't exist because there are gay characters, uh, uh, bi characters, trans characters, but they try to manage exactly what they can do. Uh, and then they have the audacity to kind of show them up as their pride characters. So, for instance, Batwoman... Yep. Uh, Batwoman was meant to get married and DC was like, nah, you can't get married. Uh, Oh, because Batwoman is a a lesbian uh, uh, in the Mm comics. And so she's Bruce Wayne's cousin and she is a lesbian. And she was not allowed to get married. And, uh, you know, there's the the whole thing, like, is Wonder Woman bi? And for the longest time, I I don't know whether it's canon, uh, whether Wonder Woman is, is bi, but she should be. She definitely should be. Uh, mm-hmm. Out of uh, a lot of characters in fiction, Wonder Woman should be by and like uh, she, yeah. you know. Them- them, okay, them, yeah, right. They're they're all just giving high fives. They're like, we're just girl pals.
4: <laughs> like I don't
1: know what you expect yeah. from them There was
3: no, a-
0: one of them gets horny. <laughs> there was yeah, a-, a trend. Yeah,
3: we've been TV shows for a while too. I want to mention this as well. That yeah, um, have you ever heard the term uh, barrier gaze? you have that term yes Uh, i
0: made a whole video
3: on that yeah barry is essentially is is okay we've we've accepted that there are gay people who are not villains and they're in our life but effectively they're gonna die because we have the sympathy of the people are like oh but they're gay so they have like it's almost like redshirting someone because they're gay in star trek and and it's like i made a big push because one of my friends was doing i'm not going to say anything about the property because. They might be watching but they're doing a, they're doing a project and they had a gay character who died in the first episode and I was doing reviewing it I was like why are you burying your oh, gay and I'm like and he's like what do you mean he's like that character's gay right yeah you killed in the first episode yeah there's no other gay characters no you buried your gay fix it right and they fixed it they yeah. straight up fixed it um and it was because I they didn't you weren't even aware that that was a trope but it happened so much you're like stop that <laughs> stop doing yeah. it you know um yeah. just because they're they're not a, we're, we're we are not tragic characters in our own stories lgbtq characters i will say this till the moon is that we are not tragic characters we have sad moments just like anybody else but we have lots of happy moments i'm fucking over the moon that i'm a trans woman like you don't even know how many times I happy cry every week because something cool happened to me or I got to do something fun. Like that's amazing that I, I was way more sad when I wasn't shoved in the closet than I ever am now. So stop treating us like we're tragic characters. We're not. Don't do it. If you're Hollywood and you're watching us, which I know you are all Hollywood watches us. the key. Um, (laughs) Let us be happy. <laughs> you know, let us have a happy moment. I'm going to spoiler right now because I don't want to. Anybody- I- Amanda, please watch the rest of She a Second Time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so- it's okay. No, it's all right. Watch it at your like, pace. But like, <laughs> next time we're on a keg together, I'm like, did you want You know what I'm talking about now? <laughs> okay. I know. I, I'm
1: so- <laughs> um, what, what, uh, Holly, Holly brought up uh uh burying the gaze, and I think it's not. It, it's I mean it's definitely sucky it it's for the purpose of furthering the plot for most of the time the white male protagonist right
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh just like fridging fridging women is is yes. is is a big thing and that's kill the love interest to kill the woman to further the plot of the white male protagonist yeah. um uh the the whole black guy dies first in the in a horror movie why? Because yeah. the white female virgin, the white female virgin lives till the end, right? Um, uh, these, the final girl. It's like um, what's up? Yeah, the final girl. But yeah. it the final girl is a white white female virgin, right? Right. And like uh, yeah. great, usually like what's that? She, could be, she could
3: be a virgin, but also yeah. is attracted to men. She's yeah. like oh, oh yes,
1: that's hot oh
3: quarterback. yes, like oh yes, yeah.
1: Everybody else is expendable. Mm-hmm. in these in these situations because stories and the story of history is made to be from that for the male gaze
2: g-a-z oh, man. right oh, their
1: their point of view uh so and, and, and so oh it's all right um amanda's I, I, dog has a lot to 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 say
3: yeah. on the topic. I, i'm almost certain that anyone that's Straight white and male uh, probably turned this off already because <laughs> you know they're not listening to us. But if you are, right, you know, thank you first of all for supporting, but also recognize that yeah, that's the privilege you have. <laughs> you yeah, know, and that up. and and we're not here to demonize I'm not them. That's not the point. No, no, no. Yeah, but
1: yeah, to, but they they have to understand that like the world was built around them, media was built around them. Yeah, they they have that. Privilege that advantage. Um, I've been trying to use the word advantage more. I I also use privilege, but like advantage. <laughs> you know,
2: uh, I have a lot of that- these weird moments with my straight cisgendered friends who are dads, where you know we'll get high after a party or whatever, or we'll watch a movie or something, and they start asking questions. You know, just about like the validity of this culture or the validity of like what the problems are. Just questions they have about certain things they see on the internet. Um, and you know, by the end of our conversation, when they have like those weird moments of like, oh, aha, I get it, you know? I always have like an emotional moment where I'm like, damn, like you would be a really great father to a gay kid. And I don't know how like, I say that like with all pure like heart, like like if I were a gay child, I would love to have you as a dad. Like you clearly get this concept of it, you know?
4: Yeah.
2: And like, I always feel like they take it as an insult. Like how fucking dare you you know, like curse me like that, maleficent. You know, but like a lot of times, do you take like,
1: it back? <laughs> do you take no, it back then? Because no, like a weird, it's
2: a weird like moment of like where they like we have to hear it for a second and then they kind of get where I'm coming from, oh, you know. Right. And it's funny because like it's like a huge compliment I give people, but like I'm always afraid like are you gonna take it the wrong way? Like I'm not trying to curse your child or anything, you know. Like, but like yeah, like it's really funny. Like that's I say that's a lot of my. Friends who are straight and married, or trying to have kids, like like I hope you guys have a gay kid. Like that kid will be so lucky to like, be have you guys as parents because you understand it. You know,
3: I I love and when people. That's another thing too. It's
0: like people. Oh, sorry,
3: no, that's go ahead. No, Good. Go uh, <laughs>
0: um, people get so like I've noticed this too, especially like making content for over a year and like interacting with people in the comments and starting to now talk about my experience as a person instead of just. Like reacting to or talking about media, but actually talking about myself, where of course, like you can't control how you're born. Like, if you're born cis, straight, and a man, you can't control that. That wasn't you. You didn't ask to be a cis, straight guy, just like I didn't ask to be a brown, bi, Latina. Like, that's just how it is. But people need, like, I've noticed that when you point out these things, some people tend to get offended and be like, oh my God, like, nobody wants to think the worst of themselves. Nobody wants to think that they're a bad person. Nobody wants to think that they're homophobic or racist or just like a kind of shitty person. But one thing that I've seen is that if there is a willingness to learn and there, if there is a willingness to understand someone else's experience that is not your own, you are already one step closer to being a better person. And like, I know you're not going to get it off the bat. Like, I know a straight guy is never going to understand my experience completely. I'm married to a straight guy. Um, and there are some things that he doesn't get about me and he might never get them about me, but that doesn't make him necessarily a bad person, especially since there is willingness to learn, willingness to accept and willingness to understand that, okay, not everyone in this world is like me and I should learn to respect them and respect other people's experiences. Because that's one thing, like when you call out people, sometimes they're just like, not me, how dare you say this about like, I'm not saying that you're like, fucking Satan and the, the worst person in the world deserves to die I'm just saying you have this implicit bias and this inherent bias about yourself that maybe you should work on homie maybe you shouldn't be a, to trans people maybe you shouldn't be an asshole and say that your bi friends are just confused maybe you should sit down and try to understand them instead of demonizing them yeah. as quickly as you do you know and I, that's just my take on the matter
3: <laughs> I love when people are ego to learn I love it um, one thing that really kind of scares me and also kind of makes me upset sometimes is when somebody asks a question of somebody in the community and then they go, Google's a thing, go Google it. Um, and I know where they're coming from. They're coming from the, the idea that like we're not sources of like information, we're people. Um, but there's two pieces that I know are true being a communications-focused person. One, if people don't know the answer, they're going to make it up because they have to fill information mm-hmm. gaps. That's how humans are. But also, too, Google's not always true. <laughs> so sometimes if you go go Google it, and they go Google it, and they find a right-wing page, they're now learning information that is bad information. And so while I could have sat there and told them, and it would have taken 20 minutes, and maybe would have frustrated me a little bit, It's better than me having to go back and re-educate somebody because I told them to Google it and they Googled the wrong thing. So like that sentence is dangerous and people need to know that. That's not to say go and just pester your trans friends with all the questions in the world. But, you know, as a person in the community, be mindful of the person that's asking the question and be mindful of the person of the, the attitude they're coming towards you. If they're doing it as a way to like, well, I heard this, then, nah, 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 then yeah, you can be like, I'm not going to answer these questions. Cause you don't have to, but if they're coming like at like their dads, and you're smoking a, a joint in the middle of the night and they ask these questions, would if Ricky Turner goes, dude, Google's a thing. go Google it. That person's going to go, I'm not going to Google it. I'll just take what I already know, which is bad bias from the media and that's the truth now, because the person that could have re- refuted it didn't. Yeah. So it's dangerous. Yeah. You know, it's a dangerous double-edged sword.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to do a quick shout out uh, to Terrell, who just popped into the comments, uh, into the chat. Terrell uh, has been a guest multiple times on the show. Uh, uh, he's, he's, uh, uh, he's saying, hey guys, been silently listening and loving the chat. Holly, you've inspired me to start She-Ra during mm-hmm. this chat, so thanks for that. Yes.
3: Thank you, Terrell. Uh, I'm going to do this for you, Terrell, because I think you, you deserve it. Here we go. Ready? There we are. <laughs> my my Shira background on now.
1: I, I feel like you're going to make Terrell sadder. Like, Terrell's going to be like, I don't know any of these characters. I haven't watched it yet. Now i got to watch it to understand who these characters are.
3: I didn't know who any of the Shira characters before I watched it too, but now oh, I do. I know
1: I know Shira, but that's it.
3: You're gonna get like twenty five cents off
2: of your Netflix plan for every person you have.
3: <laughs> My parents are because I don't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Terrell says yes. I've had episode one on while you've spoken
3: already, loving it. Oh, there you go. And it gets better. Episode one is kind of one of the weaker episodes. It gets way better. Starting uh-huh. season two, it just ramps up.
1: Um uh what was I, I I was gonna let's uh since since uh we got a little bit of time left in the episode, I want to talk about uh anyone's favorite characters. Um uh well because we're talking about representation. We're talking about how representation needs to get better. Uh uh who are who are the really who are the characters that have resonated with you uh either in the past or present? Like uh what's going on right now? Is there any good stuff that people should be watching? You know, so on and so forth. Uh, Ricky, you're you're nodding. Uh, I know you got yeah. stuff.
2: So, um, well, like for me, Marco from the grass is one of my favorites. One of the ones I related to. We were both like the closest in age when the show was going on. Um, and then um, I have to just give a lot of shout out to Jack from Will & Grace because like I kind of built my whole gay identity around him, you know? So he's kind of like one of those like Mount Rushmore gays if I had him over here on the beach um but um 4K. yeah and then for some weird lovable reason I really I love Jake Gyllenhaal in Brokeback Mountain even though it's tragic as shit you know like his character of like he, he was willing to try he was willing to try it with Heath Ledger um and then of course you know you gotta have like a lot of love for like Mystique like Mystique in the comic books is mm-hmm. just a badass like yeah he, she was like, yeah, everybody. And it was like amazing. <laughs> she wasn't, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah. Like before people that like growing up, I was just like always like, okay, I'm on to you. I'm on, like, I get it, you know? Yeah.
1: Uh Mystique's an interesting one. How I was talking earlier about Marvel kind of sidestepping around their their characters, letting certain characters exist, but not pushing to them to the front as far as representation is concerned. Mystique was not canon. By until very recently. I, I can't remember. Uh, canon buy until re- fairly recently and then not in a relationship with Destiny until like two years ago. Um, and it's that weird thing about like a company not wanting to like give a th- full thumbs up in public about these characters. And that kind of sucks. But yes, Mystique is definitely buy
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Javi, uh, Amanda? I, I, I know you're, I mean, I so I have a lot of, I was looking around my room, and I have, I'm very big on certain characters, like, as just, like, characters that I love, but none of them are really, like, <laughs> I mean, say, Captain Marvel, you know, we don't really know yet, but, like, maybe. Um mm. so I'm going to talk specifically about characters that I love that I know are on the LGBTQ spectrum. Specifically I want to talk about uh uh Haruka Michiru, um Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune from uh, Sailor Moon because they're cousins, about... right?
1: No, yeah. screw that. they <laughs> have never cousins.
3: <laughs> How dare you. Um I especially in the new movies that just came out which are the the Crystal series. So the Haruka is um sailor Uranus and has especially stated that they're gender fluid and they're like you know to the point where like in the new movies um, sailor Saturn calls calls them daddy Haruka which is fucking amazing um, and like the two of them are in a relationship and then they also in the new movies they add sailor Pluto as like this like thruple which is awesome they're like together to raise the child baby version of sailor Saturn uh, because there's a lot more to that. But like they're all like like married with rings and they live in a big house and they're just fucking happy and gorgeous and amazing. Um so I love I love that um representation, which is awesome. Again, Laverne Cox on Orange is the New Black, so good on that show. Um, I every every character on Shira, but if we're talking about specific trans characters, I'm gonna shout out to Perfuma, who is canonically trans. Mm-hmm. Um, although the part that shows that never made air, but um, Perfuma is definitely a cute little trans girl who happens to control plants and flowers, which is amazing. Um, There's so many good ones. There's so many good characters out there that I, you know, we, we don't know enough about yet, but we will in the future because creators can be like, oh yeah, that, that fan theory that you put out, it's true. So we love it, you know, like Link from Legend of Zelda. Is uh, could potentially be trans, and that is a fan theory that's been spinning around forever. And Nintendo would just be like, "Yeah, it's true," you know, <laughs> whatever. Link? Link, Link, like the Link, yes.
1: Because I thought Samus yeah. from oh. Metroid, but Link, Link. Yeah, Samus isn't trans. Samus is. Uh, There's something that I read recently I about Samus.
3: I'm not yeah. quite sure.
1: But anyway, sorry
3: guess, to interrupt. I guess my point is that like the answer to that question is going to come out in the future, and I hope it does. And so next time we talk about it, I'm like, remember I was saying that it was going to happen. Now it's confirmed, and that person that is my favorite character is uh, just a little bit more of my favorite character. And I'm I'm looking firmly at Marvel. I'm looking firmly at Captain Marvel. I'm like, please, please, <laughs> please. It's all I want in my life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's so many. It's such a hard question to answer because anyone that's, po- I'll say this, any character that is positively living their life in a happy way, in any form of media, and is part of the LGBTQ community is automatically one of my favorite characters, straight up, because that's yeah. what we mean. Yeah. Um,
1: to clarify what, what, what I said, uh, the Marysue.com, I think I, I read an article here, uh, it was like years back, uh, talks about Samus maybe being a transgender woman.
3: If that is true, great. Fucking love. Then okay. she's on my. She's on my. Like I don't even play Metroid, but she becomes one of my favorite characters. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I have a I have a question that
1: ties in with this, but after uh, Amanda talks, and then I have a, a question to open it up a little bit more.
0: Um. So obviously, Cora. Um, Cora was kind of my my forefront, my go to. Just this is. It it, it was so funny because I came out literally a month before the Legend of Cora finale and I was in tears like a couple of days before Christmas. Like that was such a big part of my life that it's one of those things where it's like yeah, Cora and I like obviously we're not like the same ethnicity or anything. But like I just saw like a brown bi female lead for the first time in my life. And that was like a huge pivotal moment for me. So Cora will always have a special place in my heart. Um, I also love Angel from Pose because another like um, she's trans. I'm not trans, but she um, in that show um, Adia Moore. She um, they actually are um, non-binary in real life, but on the show uh, she plays a trans woman and model. And she just is like around my age, on the same age, and she's just going through life trying to realize her dreams, trying to become a model, like trying to navigate love, and it's just such a like there are like there are times where she struggles but there also are times of joy in her life where she can be creative and she can like pose and be beautiful and have all this makeup and glamour and just live the life that she wants to live even if it might be hard sometimes and I haven't seen the most recent season of Pose so I hope her I hope her story ends well (laughs) but like there are like times where it's like yeah it's like awful and difficult she was a um a prostitute for like a good part of the series until she finally w- like went into modeling and decided she wanted to pursue her career and her dreams. And you just see like the side of her going from sex work, which is real work. I don't want to hear anybody saying it's not real work. And transitioning into a more mainstream, like she ends up in like a Wet and Wild ad, and it's the '90s, so like of course that's going to be like a really big brand, and like a drugstore. And you just see, and she sees her face plastered on like advertisements and you just see her actively living her dream and I love that so much and um yeah as far as like because it's one of those things where it's like I do hope in the future we see more I love Harley Quinn Harley Quinn is a pie icon (laughs) and like she's supposed to be like this um like villain protagonist slash anti-hero and she's never really one of the good guys but it's just she has this like fun personality that thankfully now is starting to stray away from the Joker and she's becoming her own character and her own personality and her own person. And it's being acknowledged that, yeah, her and Ivy are, her and Ivy are gals being pals. They are having a great time together. And you get to see like this fun zany person just being, a, being a freaking tyrant of a villain. And it's just great and fun to see. Cause we really get to see this chaotic female character we always get like a Donnie Darko we always get like some zany freaking weird greasy ass guy but we never get that at all. and I love Harley for that so yeah those are my faves currently and I hope in the future we get more confirmation especially in Marvel characters uh, of more LGBTQ representation yeah um Something that I
1: wanted to open up kind of what we were just talking about, but open it up a little bit more. We were talking previously about uh, uh, queer coding, and that's like not explicitly said that these characters are queer. But uh, there are also characters that are giving all the signs uh, more than just coding, I think. And then these companies are, are just refusing to put their foot down and be like, well, foot down sounds negative, but, like, just to be like, yes, Harley Quinn is bi. Harley Quinn has only been by in canon, explicit, like, mm-hmm. not explicitly, company, like, the DC comics has said Harley Quinn is by maybe for, like, like, two years, but before that, she was hanging out with Poison Ivy a ton, being very yeah. gal pal, right? And yeah, I guess the question that I want to, to open up is, how much does... Non-canon representation matter. Uh, How do I put it? When people watch Bucky and Sam in Falcon and Winter Soldier Mm -hmm. be best friends, they are non-canon, or they they are canon friends. And that's it. But then there's also people who ship. And I, I love to ship. I get it. Uh, people who ship them two together, people who ship Steve and Bucky, who, again, according to canon, are, are not uh, uh, together, right? Okay. Uh, how much does that matter for representation? Is there still a love in it? Is there, like, how much investment should we have in these non-canon uh, LGBTQ represent- well,
3: relationships? Mean, so unless it's, unless it's on screen or in page... It's not representation. Like, like a creator going out and on Twitter and saying, yeah, that person's gay or yeah, that person is trans or that person's bi is really nice because then it's like, okay, in their head, that was what the case was. But unless the idea of representation is that like it's it's like if somebody said, you know, there are there are there are black characters in in this world universe. You don't see them on screen, but they're definitely there. Would you be like, are there <laughs> you know is it you know right like it's really more like when what the point of representation is like i want to be able like as a person to look on the screen and go that person is like me and they said they're like me so i can see myself in that person and live their feelings. you know that's true representation so for me it's cool that the that they say this stuff but unless it comes out on the screen or in the page or in the music or whatever it's not there yet um, I want it to be there. I want it to be like indisputable evidence to somebody that says they're not to go. It's right there, page fifteen of episode, an episode of, of like page 27. of an episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's in the screenplay. Um, I mean for a script, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, it's like that's where it is. Look, it's right there. I can point to that, and that's that's proof. Then it's true representation. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, prove it. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. How much? I, how how we, valid? Re- Oh, sorry, oh, oh sorry. I <laughs> know, um, I fully agree with Holly. Um, I think that being able to see yourself in a character is very important, um because there are characters that I see myself in that are not even anything technically like me, but at the same time, like what Holly said, you it needs to be there because then there's gonna be naysayers that are like, no. No, like I can, I can look at some dumbass in the face. They're like, core to some mirror and dating and I can pull out a comic book, flip to a page and then show them them kissing and holding hands and being like, are you sure about that? But I can't do that with Bucky and Sam. I can't point at a page or point at a scene and be like, homie, they're doing something <laughs> and it's gonna like, it's good to be able to see yourself and then again to like the whole Anthony Mackey saying that <laughs> basically in like long story short saying that superheroes are inherently masculine and it's wrong to um headcanon characters as anything other than straight because you're sensationalizing or whatever homosexuality which is really fucked up of him to say um like you you get Instances for stuff like that, where you can have even the actor themselves say the opposite, and then it fuels the fire. of See, see, you're just imagining it. It's just in your head. You're just reaching. Like you're gonna end up having room for that because the amount of times, if I took a shot every time somebody told me that I was reaching, I would be. I would have passed a long time ago. (laughs) So, like, it needs to be there. It needs to be canon. It needs to either be on screen or it needs to come from the mouth you can't take headcanon as canon. And I've always said that too, where I'm like, just because you think it doesn't make it canon. And that applies to everything. Even if I want a character to be gay, if it's not canon, it's not canon. And I can't say that it is because I'm an advocate for watching what's on the screen, you know? Yeah.
4: Yeah. How
1: valid then, and I'll I'll open this up to Ricky uh, next. How valid, I hate to use the word valid, but how valid are fan interpretations of characters? Like, uh, I operate on, like, what makes people happy, happy. So if people want to believe that, like, Bucky and and Sam are together and just fighting it or whatever, then that's their interpretation. Like, if it makes you happy, like, I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. Uh, but how valid are fan interpretations as far as, like, that's concerned?
2: Um, I'm a huge goer, honor of, like, gay fandom Twitter, where they have, like, you know, the Photoshop pictures of, like, Bucky and Cap you know, and they're, like, embracing each other. It's, like, how cute. Because if you watch Civil War, it really is, like, two, uh, an ex, uh, two exes fighting over, like, you know, the love interest of the new one, you know? Like, there's, it's not so much that it's game, but, like, you're watching, you're kind of, like, yeah, yeah. So, Captain and Iron Man were together. Then they broke up because, you know, Cap's old boyfriend came back into the picture. Like, you know, so, like, I... I take it like that just because it makes it a little bit more enjoyable, you know? And then when you have the actors, you know, like Chris and and Sebastian, they really play along with, like, the fans. Like, oh, yeah, you know, if it's cool, like, yeah, I do, you know, they really, and they're not doing it maliciously, but I kind of get, like, that weird kind of, like, um, like, Marvel knows what it's doing. Like, there's a reason why there's two hot actors constantly shirtless in these movies, you know, because they know... Gay men are playing along with this fantasy that, like, yeah, maybe they are together. Maybe Thor and Star Lord are gonna bone. You know, like, there's these weird, like, things that they they give us, and we're just as fans. Like, you go on any Twitter where it's like, you know, Star Lord and Thor. You know, when Gamora's not around, you know, it's like it's really cute. Like, it's funny, and maybe one day, you know, like you said, they do take from fandom and make it reality. You know, I mean, uh, there's the whole Adventure Time where it's flipped, where it's like Fiona and and, and I forget what her pet's name. But, like, that was someone's uh, Tumblr page. It was just an alternative, you know, uh, adventure time. And, like, they made a canon. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if it's good enough, hopefully it gets put into the story, you know. But, like, if it's even one of, like, a one-off, like, what-if comic book, I mean, at least we get that much, you know.
3: And yeah, I, Some... I'm a fan of it. <laughs> I kind of like it. I'm... Some sometimes those things kind of give life to other things, though. Um, people gotta remember that Fifty Shades of Grey started off as a Twilight fanfiction. <laughs> Just straight up. That's, that's they wanted... 50. The person that wrote Fifty Shades of Grey was like, I really want this to happen in Twilight, and Twilight was like, it's never gonna happen. i like, cool. I'm gonna make my <laughs> own thing. And then they did it. And then they made it, it was, I'm not saying it's people it paid great, for
0: it. But
3: yeah. people love it, you know. So, like, ah. that, while it may not be necessarily you know... <laughs> I don't want to say valid or not because it is valid. Right, ah, you know, but it could become something else, and that other thing could become something significant, and that could be a cultural touchstone that we look towards in the future. Um, yeah, I will say this: if Marvel does look at the fan fiction and go, "Oh, Thor and Star Lord, they should get together." Uh, if they hook up, make it just a small thing and move on. Don't make a big deal. Like, and this is the time. Well, I'm Thor, and I am deciding to be in love with you, and then have a 5 talk about it. You know, yeah. like don't do that. Just be like, yeah. oh yeah, he's he's my boyfriend. So Star Lord
1: move- is by uh, in the comics uh, oh, uh, recently. Basically, he lived out an ex like he lived out his life in this. Um, Universe and essentially got with another couple, and they became a thruple. Yeah. and so hey. um,
0: and In and character. and he
1: came back. What's that?
0: In character,
4: yeah,
0: yeah. definitely yeah. something uh, uh, Starla would do. It's not something that, Chris Pratt would do. I'll yeah. tell you that. Oh, God, no. I know. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm just that
3: we don't. We don't need a reason or a backstory for it to happen. Like, if it happens, awesome. But I don't want to know why. Because that's just taking the time to like point it out, like just make it a normal thing. Like it's normal to so like, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Anatomy did that with Callie. Like when Callie first came oh, yeah. off the show, she was dating George. And then somewhere in like season like four or five, she starts dating Arizona and no one questioned it or talked about it. It was just another day of, you know, Seattle's mm-hmm. race. And then, you know, she hooks up with Mark and it was just then she goes back to like all these different and it was just like, and even Sadarimetas has said like it was just I didn't want to make it a thing, it just had to happen because that's what happens yeah. every day, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so like stuff like that where like the creators are ahead of the fans, like or ahead of like where they want to go, like they know they're trying to include everybody.
3: That's what I kind
2: of look out for too a lot in like media. Yeah.
3: Now, if you yeah. if if you make it if, if you're writing a story that says this is a love story about two people and they just happened to both be men. And then that the story is about that, then yeah, you can talk about their backstory and how they met and everything. But like, I know Thor's backstory. I know Star-Lord's backstory. Cool. Let them make out. Have awesome. you guys ever seen Chasing Amy? <laughs> What's that? Have you guys ever seen Chasing
2: Amy? Yeah. Yeah. Love Chasing Amy. How do, how do we feel about Chasing Amy? Because so, that confused that. me when I was younger. <laughs> I... I liked it a lot when I was younger because I I love the performances. I love the kind of, like, relationship. I That's what I was rooting for. Now that I'm older and I watch it, it's, like, hard because she straight up tells him she's a lesbian. And the whole movie, he's just trying to convince her that she could be bi, you know? And it's, like, oh, it's so uncomfortable now. But, like, watching it when I was before, like, not as woke, like, it was a really cute movie. Like, I wanted them to be together but um yeah now that i'm older i'm like god that was such a fucked up storyline like my god uh,
1: question about that movie. movie was she by in the end wasn't there like there was a twist half or not halfway like towards the
2: end she had hooked up with guys before uh-huh. when she was like in high school she was like a little more promiscuous and so he wanted he was mad that like he wasn't part of that story
3: so he tried in to in her
1: past back. Yeah.
3: yeah, the problem with that movie is that it's not Kevin Smith's story to tell. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like he's trying to tell a story that he has no background in, and he doesn't. I mean, it is from the point of Holden's perspective, so everything that you're seeing is from from Holden's side and Banksy, Banksy, Banksy's, yeah. Banksy, Banksy's Banksy. side. Banksy, yeah, Banky. Banky. You're so so in that respect, I get where he, how he's able to write that story, but also like he He misses a lot on the LGBT stuff, LGBTq stuff um pretty off, but you know it's if you look at it, it's kind of like, oh, well, it's coming from the perspective of a straight white male
1: who just wants All to serve his own
3: purpose, because that was a big from. thing, right? yeah, yeah, it's about it's that's what that movie's about. you know, so like there's a the problematic stuff can be boiled down to the fact that like this is this person's worldview. And if you're gonna write a, a companion movie to it, you would write it from the perspective of maybe um, a Joy Lauren Adams character, whose name is not Amy, but it's yeah. really blanking me right now. Um, and you would have it written by a queer woman, <laughs> you know, and let yeah. let it happen that way. So I don't know.
0: So what ended up happening? Like I never seen this movie. Probably not um, going to watch it. So like, what had? What did? I, what ended up, up happening? A She's up ends up with a woman.
4: Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah cool. the- well, the the premise is that like, yeah, she's a lesbian. Uh, Holden is in love with her, right? And then she he says like, you could be by, and like he wants her for him, right? And yeah. in, in in this in this like right. ownership yeah. kind of I way,
2: put her into a threesome because she was in one before, and so she's like, fine, then let's just fucking do it, like just to get like under his skin. But like, she has a lot of problems with it, and kind of. yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. He has this like really deep and passionate speech in her in the rain, and then she goes, "You don't fucking get it. (laughs) I'm I'm a lesbian. I'm not into." And then then he gets
1: mad later, right when he finds out that she used to hook up a lot with
0: guys. Yeah, but that's from a selfish point of view. man. Yeah. (laughs) What the hell? He's kind of terrible.
3: Yeah. That it's movie, awful. It's not perfect, but there are some. Really yeah, good it movies. aged.
2: Like, it aged terribly the day after the was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It was like a banana off the vine; like it just started going.
3: <laughs> bet, yeah. not a Thirsty girl. i Yeah, but uh, it's. I. I
2: don't.
3: I don't hate it as much, but I also recognize the fact that it's very flawed and there's a lot of problems with it. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, and even Kevin Smith goes, "Yeah, I made that movie in the '90s. I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about." <laughs> you know, uh, and he still he says I still don't, <laughs> and yeah, you're like okay, you know, at least yeah. he knows.
1: Um, as we close up this <laughs> episode, uh, um, w- were there any final thoughts that somebody needed a needed to to say? Or I didn't mean to cut anyone off.
4: Um,
3: okay, yeah, I, I you know, know. <laughs> I yeah, if you said it all out there, I'm glad. Yeah. That you, Ended yeah. on a we, we got pretty deep in the middle of it the, there, and yeah. I Yeah, like, good, mm-hmm. good, Yeah, you don't need to know. Oh. I hope I didn't offend anybody, but if I did, you know why you're offended. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
1: uh, I mean, yeah, somebody whoever's li- once we release this as a podcast episode, like somebody listening to it, it's like gonna be in for a wild ride, a lot yeah. of you I, know, um, ups and downs, and twists and turns.
3: I don't love hate mail, but it's gonna happen
1: so. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully not from our fan base. Um, I want to thank, I want to thank you guys. uh, uh, I want to thank Ricky, Holly, Amanda for coming on uh, to this show uh, for talking about everything. Um, uh, I definitely learned a lot and I hope that everybody else out there has learned a lot. Now our views are going up and I don't know why, but our views are going up on volume. We have 158 people watching us on volume.com slash the Keeg show. Uh, for those of you who out there and are just catching this tail end of it, uh, you can catch this episode in completion, uh, on, uh, some of our other platforms. We still haven't figured out how to save it on volume. Uh, one day we will figure out how to save it on volume and you'll be able to watch past episodes on volume.com. Uh, we do stream to other platforms. If you can think about what other platforms are out there, we're probably on there. Um, uh, but our main platform is volume.com because they've been awesome to us. And we in turn try to be awesome to them. Uh, Vicky is out there. Uh, Vicky is part of their crew. Uh, she's been watching this whole time. Uh, also Dozy J Wu. I didn't say welcome, but welcome. Uh, Dozy J Woo just uh, posted a gif. Uh, thank you to anyone out there who is watching on whatever platform you are. Um, Whatever platform you are watching us on, uh, feel uh, free to like, comment, subscribe, follow, click, 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 thumbs up, you know, hopefully all that stuff. Um, No matter where you are, we are all over the place. And so wherever you are watching, we definitely appreciate it. Um, uh, Before we get going, I wanted to open up to each and every one of you uh, on, uh, if you want to say your social media out loud, what you have coming up, any plugs, any final thoughts, so on and so forth. Uh, Ricky, do you want
2: to, do you want to go first? Um, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at letter I B Ricky. That's me. Uh, You can follow my dog at Nate in one zero three. It's our apartment number. Um, Yeah, that's all I got. I'm just a a dog dad now.
3: Yay. Yeah. Uh, Holly. Uh yeah. So on Twitter, I'm Sweetie Holly99. I almost never tweet. Um, but on everything else, I'm SweetheartHolly99, which is the real name, like Instagram. So follow me there. Um, I also am a member of Fancy Hobo Improv team. So we do a lot of shows on YouTube and, and uh Twitch you know, week weekendly. Um I'm also if you're in the California area, specifically in the upland area from July 15th to the 25th, you can come see me on stage. <laughs> on stage. I'm doing on stage. Cards. Yeah. At the uh, at the Claremont College's Sontag Theater from July 15th to the 25th on the weekends, I'm doing 12th night. I'll be playing Mariah in that show. So doing some live Shakespeare finally, thank goodness. And um getting out there and and uh performing is gonna be great because I miss it. I miss people. Um yeah. And then beyond that, uh that's pretty much where you can find me. TikTok, I'm at uh Hollywood Scott 99. So if you're a TikToker, um you can find me there. And um that's about it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> All right. And uh Watchira.
1: Amanda. Oh, and watch Shira. <laughs> <Hey>. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, on um uh, TikTok, I'm Amanda Just vibing, and I react to a lot of anime, animated media. I talk about a lot of media and I just uh rant about stuff. Uh whatever comes into my brain, it just kind of comes out of my face and I film it and I um stutter a lot less there because i can actually edit it and um, (laughs) my instagram is uh the amanda 2d as well as my twitter i'm never on twitter i'm just fair warning and um yeah so if you're a fan of anime if you're a fan of media in general and just like animated stuff and just a nerd in her living room ranting about random things uh follow me and uh, we'll have a good time um also just be nice to people and don't be a jerk it's yeah
4: don't <laughs> yeah.
1: uh thank you everybody out there for watching thank you ricky holly amanda for coming on the show um you can find the keeg on social media at the keeg show on tiktok and at the keeg show on instagram those are like our two big social media right now um on instagram we we post uh our schedules for the week and you can see a lot of uh that sort of thing memes that sort of thing. TikTok is about breaking news and and uh, opinions and videos based off of that. Uh, so depending on what you're into, follow us there. Uh, we are the Keeg. Uh, we are a geek channel with multiple uh, geek shows. Uh, we have the Loki after show on what Tuesday night, going into Wednesday morning, one a.m. That yeah. time, right after we watch Loki, we come on and we do the Loki after show and we, we talk about it. We've been doing after shows for all those Marvel shows. So uh, Loki is what's going on right now. Uh, Thursday nights, we do comic talk where we talk about the weekly comics. And uh, Friday nights, we have the Keeg back where it's uh, it's a bit more laid back. It's a kickback. It's a Keeg back, you know? We, we shoot the shit. We play some games. That is Friday night. And then the Keeg live is a bi-weekly uh, no pun intended, for the purpose of the topic of this episode.
4: Every week, biweekly.
2: Weekly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god, uh, that's and, so good! I'm gonna use that every what? week, biweekly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Uh. Uh. This show is every other week. Uh, we talk about a different topic every week. So I believe, um, in two weeks we're gonna be talking about uh uh America in comics whatever that means i think that's july 3rd i think and so we're gonna we're gonna get down to the nitty-gritty about national uh national icons in comics uh uh you know so on and so forth the history of that um so definitely stay tuned we got a lot of shows out there so follow us on social media um you can follow me if you want to find me individually this is dimitri on twitter instagram and tiktok uh you can find me there i don't that much but i try the keeg is like my main thing um but once again thank you to the audience out there the 143 people who are watching us on volume.com or uh uh the uh amount of people watching us on all our other platforms thank you so much thank you to ricky thank you to holly thank you to amanda yet again for taking time out of their day to join us here for this talk once again i'm your host demetra Pereira, and this has been the keeg live take care everybody Strong or oh, super fast Gotta beat
4: the